Welcome to Plex Weather. This is Jason Anderson. We're going to talk about the Washington Spirit on this podcast that you're listening to. It's been a little while. Uh, this is going to be one of those incomplete episodes. I wanted to get a player uh, on the show, but I kind of waited too long uh, to ask. And turns out people have things to do other than show up for soccer games and uh, do podcasts. So uh, we'll be back next week. We'll I'm I can't stop my it's not intentional. I keep doing it. It's not intentional. I'll bring the show back next week with a guest uh, already got that start starting to get that scheduled anyway, uh, getting that uh, down the road for next week. But I didn't want to go another game without doing anything. So I wanted to just give a little a, a little show about the latest news in the Washington spirit world. Since this since this show last recorded, there have been three games because I got a little busy. Uh, I got what time I had for the podcast. Some of it went to a little special episode that I've been working on for quite a while that I think I've mentioned a couple times now, probably because I'm very excited about it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just give one little one little teaser mention, and then I probably wouldn't shut up about it. Um, but this is the last of those teaser mentions. The next time you hear about this, you'll get the actual episode. Um I this next guest I have I also want to get them to talk about this other thing so it should be fun it, it should be a good one and I've been working on that I'm not the best audio editor so that work takes a little longer than it should for someone who's better at this uh, than I am but I am very slow and so sometimes these things take longer more time than I thought and then all of a sudden my oh I can get this done and that done in this window becomes well I only got the one thing but anyway you didn't want to listen to this show for audio editing uh, travails. You're here for Spirit Talk, so let's get right to that. I want to start with the, the biggest news in the in the Spirits part of the world uh, re- recently, which is uh, a little while ago, Kumi Okoyama came out uh, as transgender via a an interview that they did with uh, Yuki Nagasato for uh, Yuki's YouTube channel. And got a lot of attention. The president of the United States of America uh, mentioned uh, Kumi by name in a tweet at one point. And, you know, I have nothing but support for them. And as you notice, I'm saying them, not she, the pronoun to use right now, uh, not right now, but going forward uh, is they and them. It's very cool uh, that the spirit are in a place where this is an environment where someone can feel okay with making that step in their life. I know from speaking with people with the spirit that it's kind of an interesting situation because in the Japanese language, I'm told a big surprise, not the best. uh, If I spoke Japanese, uh, I would have asked for Kumi as a guest, like straight out of the gate on this show. I think you guys are probably not going to be surprised to hear that. I don't speak Japanese. I would like to, I would like to learn some, but currently I know no, nowhere near enough to have even a one sentence uh, exchange. So I have to carry on with this side of things. But yeah, uh, the, the the team has made great progress in things like this, may, being an environment where people feel safer and more confident and more able to be their true selves. And so I think that's worth some recognition. Uh, I was I, what I was trying to say a minute ago was that. In Japanese, uh, what I'm told is that pronouns don't necessarily 
exist in the way that we think of them in English. Uh, generally, you would refer to someone as Kumi or as Sayori or their name. You wouldn't necessarily say he, she, or they. And so that was something that the, the team had to sort out. Now, I mean, the team, I'm, I'm told that this was the players, uh, leadership among the players helping sort this out on a game day, no less, because I, I believe that video came out when the team was in Kansas City, uh, I believe is the time frame of this. And so on a game day, you had players going above and beyond. On You know, players have their routines. They're very focused on having the day that's in front of them that they had planned um, and instead having to sort of bridge a language gap to try and, and figure out the correct pronoun. So it's a big thing. I was about to call it a little thing, but it's not. It's a big thing. It's a big thing to break up your day and take that step to help, you know, help a teammate out, which I think is a, is a very cool thing that happened. So wanted to recognize Kumi and the rest of the team for their efforts in that department. You know, the club has, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw a tweet that I put out recognizing that the team, the official roster we get on the media side in game notes for every single game, it includes a column for pronouns now. And, you know, one thing that was was nice is that it's also not a obligatory thing. They're not saying you have to supply us with your correct pronouns. Some of those, some of that column is blank. And I think that's completely the right approach, uh, not making people take a step that they weren't necessarily prepared to take or, you know, making them feel obliged in any way. But if the, having the option is the important thing, I think. So I want to lead off with that, that very uh, cool piece of news. Nice that Kumi's in a place where they could do that and that the team is also the kind of place where that could happen. The other non-game related news happened just today. Uh, Natalie Jacobs was waived by the team kind of out of the left field, though I will say the last two games uh, she was not in uniform or on the injury report. So it did have, when something like that happens to a player who has been involved most of the season, and Natalie had played, I believe, seven games at that point. So more often than not getting into the games, when someone like that suddenly is not in the in the game day squad, it does start to make you wonder if something's up, if there's a trade or an unreported injury or something like that. To the best of my knowledge, not an injury-related situation at all. I happen to see, not that I'm snooping around or even particularly observant, uh, if you ask a pretty notorious story that I'm still made fun of by my fellow NWSL journalists for is uh, not in 2019 when the spirit took the field in uh, jerseys that said Geico as the sponsor logo for the first time. I simply did not, it, it didn't register with me. I knew that the announcement was coming and the, I guess the jerseys had gotten there before the team had the announcement ready, but yeah, they took the field in, 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 <laughs> Jerseys that said in big letters the news item, which was that jersey that their you know shirt sponsor was Geico, and I went like twenty minutes in the game before someone was like, "So is this going to be announced or not?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I did notice that." Um, but in any case, despite my um, selective blindness when it comes to brands, I guess I did happen to walk past Natalie Jacobs, and she did not appear to be injured at all. She did not appear to be in bad spirits or anything like that. So. I, I wish her well. Hopefully she lands on her feet. Uh, I figure she will. She's a good player. So, But it, it sounds to me, 
or it looks, to, I shouldn't say it sounds to me, it looks to me um, like this is a log jam in central midfield. And that is where the team seems to have seen her this entire year. All of her appearances that uh, I saw any footage of, even even in the preseason, she was playing central midfield. So the 2020 uh, look of her playing uh, some right back, or um, if you go back to her collegiate career, a little bit of um, kind of everywhere, really. Um, she played all over the place. It seemed like the spirit had really said, you know, this is the position that you you would play for us. And it is understandable for a player of her ability to say like, well, you know, there are so many players on this team that are going to be able to play that same role. The fact that Tori Huster is playing so well in central midfield, um, Dorian Bailey remains very steady. Andy Sullivan, everyone knows about Andy Sullivan. So that's three players right there taking up the spots that she might have been playing. Um, and then when you go further into the roster, Emily Sonnet can play there. I think Takarada could play there. Julia Rotter has mostly played there, though her last appearance with the team was right back. And I know at Sweden um, or with Sweden, she's played a little right back. So, and that's not even the whole list. Uh, so it's a it's a very deep position for the spirit. And I can understand a player saying like, well, maybe it's not the right thing for me at this time to be still at at this team where I maybe am only going to get to play, you know, 15, 20 minutes every other week. That's not what I need. So it's, that's what my guess is the situation is. I don't have any real deep information on it other than that. That's the situation or that that I can read the, you know, look at the roster and make that read, but that's about it. No other info as to what caused that, but um, it wouldn't shock me to see her end up with a team in the league. There are a few teams that, could use a defensive midfielder just looking at my schedule page and I see uh, Louisville on the list. And I think that's a team where she's probably a starter straight away. Um, they've struggled in that position and she would walk in and uh, be an immediate improvement. So maybe that's something that happens, but that's me speculating, looking at a spreadsheet. I might, I might not know anything. So best of luck to Natalie. And I also wanted to note that in the same not in the same announcement, but in roughly the same time period as all of this was announced today, the Spirit added uh, Taylor Eilmer and Morgan Goff as national team replacement players. Uh, Eilmer is a midfielder defender. I think uh, Goff has also played as a midfielder as well as defender, but he's more of a defender, uh, is my understanding from her time at UNC. Uh, Goff has one year as a pro. She's playing in the Icelandic League. Whereas Taylor Eilmer played earlier this year in the Challenge Cup as a uh, replacement player for Gotham. And I believe she spent the whole preseason with them as well. Morgan Goff had had a trial with the Spirit, if, if I'm not mistaken, last year or maybe maybe last year's preseason, something like that. My timing, my memory of the timing on that might be incorrect. But yeah, so the Spirit have actually grown their roster today despite uh, letting someone go. So they are currently, uh, they've got 28 players under contract, but only 26 are eligible to play this year. Avery Collins and Bailey Feist are both on the season-ending injury list. Uh, so even if they woke up tomorrow magically healed and at full fitness, the Spirit would not be able to put them on the roster this year. That's the way that particular bit of NWSL bookkeeping works. Um, it would be pretty cool if they did that, though. I wish that for any any injured player to wake up tomorrow completely fine and with no fitness setbacks from the moment that they got hurt. 
that would be great. I don't know that that happens, but it would be cool. So those are the off-field news items in the... I keep wanting to say the, the the world of the Washington spirit. I don't know why where that phrase has come from and why I'm stuck on it today. Because um, I, I don't think I've ever said it or typed it. But anyway, if you've got an answer to... If you know why that has happened, what, why this phrase is stuck in my head and just keeps coming back up, hit the te- hit the, the Plex Weather Twitter account. Tell me your suggestion on why I am stuck with this uh, phrasing that I don't even have a problem with. I'm just confused as to where it came from. I, I don't know why I keep wanting to say it. Lastly, before before we move on, or before we move on, before the end of the show, because this is, again, just me trying to get something out there to... Uh, to keep the, the podcast going and not go blank for four games. The Spirit have had three games in the time since I last did one of these. A 1-1 draw with the Chicago Red Stars on the road, a 2-1 win at Kansas City, uh, and then a 1-0 loss at Segra Field uh, just six days ago. Real quick uh, on all of these games, two games against Chicago, and they played out in pretty similar fashion to how these two teams tend to play each other. The games have always been very tight, very, you know, low on scoring, big scoring chances. These are both teams that do well at denying what the other team is good at. And, you know, unfortunately for the Spirit, whereas, you know, Chicago got their goal and then managed to hold the Spirit off, the Spirit in that first game, they got their goal through Trinity Rodman. Uh, Looked like it would be enough. It was a late game, a late goal in the game. Uh, but unfortunately were undone by a penalty kick in stoppage time from Morgan Gatra. You know, a, t- a little bit of a tough one to, to get into stoppage time up and, and not come away with the three points. But then the next week, they kind of flipped the script because this is a game where they got into stoppage time and managed to score a very, very, very late goal. I, I'm tempted to say that this might be the latest goal the team has ever scored, the 96th minute. I think the only contender that I can recall was uh, Yal Averbush scoring on a free kick, and I'm pretty sure that was a 95th minute free kick. But then that's again that's Trinity Trinity Rodman coming up with a very late goal after a not quite as late goal from Ashley Sanchez, uh, getting herself open uh, and, and faking her way through through some defenders to uh, to put the Spirit back level after they'd gone behind in the third minute, which I know they were not happy about. I think that came up a couple times, go, giving up that goal to Amy Rodriguez. I know the Spirit didn't enjoy this game uh, in particular, the the playing surface. If you watch the game, you could tell that this playing surface was not great. Uh, it looked to have multiple surfaces within it. There were different kinds of grass in different areas. Um, it's also a baseball field, so there are seams for where the grass is overlaid over the infield. It's very narrow because that's how baseball fields tend to be set up unless you have one that's very adjustable. If you want to look at the uh, one of the cooler stadiums in the world, look up the um, Sapporo Dome uh, on Wikipedia. There's some videos out there where you can see how they turn that from a baseball stadium into a soccer stadium. And it involves literally the soccer field resides outside the stadium and then is brought in via uh, some sort of incredible contraption. But anyway, the Spirit aren't, I don't think they're going to have any games in Sapporo anytime soon. If they do, and you're an outlet that covers uh, soccer, please send me to Sapporo to cover that game. I uh, I will uh, do, some, do some unspeakable things to get that kind of assignment. But yeah, this Kansas City game, 
not the best performance from the spirit. The first half, I thought they were quite, quite poor, but they found their way into the game. They wore Kansas city down um, and they showed, you know, we, I talked about this a little bit with the Houston game and the OL rain game. This is the spirit showing some uh, mental toughness, some maturity, some unflappable uh, quality to not let, you know, this difficult venue and the scoreline throw them off. They kept going for it and they got, they went and got the result that they deserved um, in the end. Um, I think two, one is a reflection of the game that was played. Um, I will, I I do want to shout out, you know, or maybe underline is a better way to put it underline one little thing with this game. Um, The spirit get the equalizer 78th minute. Kansas city is clearly exhausted and they've been struggling with some bad results and the spirit really their their last subs in this game were not the kind of subs you make when it's one one and you're on the road. Normally a team at that point is like, okay, let's make sure we we go home with this one point. And instead, uh Richie Burke brought in uh Tara McKeown and Anna Halferty for Sam Staub and Tegan McGrady. So two one out and out forward and one player who in Anna Halferty can play up front or seemingly now uh, is getting some looks as a fullback uh, lately for two defenders. So the spirit really went for it. Um, this was them throwing everyone forward, throwing the kitchen sink at this game, trying to make sure that they got themselves uh, a win and then getting the reward. It, so it was a really, I don't want to say typical yet because we, we've only got a couple of them, but um, it is very impressive what this team has been able to do on the road this season uh, because they have been able to get, points at places and, and, you know, get wins out of nothing and then get points out of places where they've generally not done all that well. Um, if you throw out that, that trip to Louisville, which they were the dominant team for about 70 minutes before they let Rossing get on the scoreboard. If you throw that one out, you've got a pretty, you know, a championship quality set of road results so far. And that is something that can carry you pretty far because you're also in the way this league is set up with six teams making the playoffs out of 10, if you are going to people's stadiums and taking uh, not just walking home with something, but also keeping them from getting three or even one point, you are really hampering their ability to keep up with you. Uh, So that's a really valuable thing that this year's team has been able to do that maybe years past this team was not capable of the, you know, the other side of this, of course, that last game, the loss at home to the red stars, uh, definitely not an ideal result, though. I think there was a lot of good in the performance. Um, I wrote about this on Black and Red United about how the team, my initial impression from from game day was that maybe they didn't play so well, uh, but that in speaking with uh, Richie Burke and Paige Nielsen in particular after the game, you know, I asked the question about, are they happy with the performance? What, what did they think of the overall quality of the spirits play and they were like no no we played well we did what we wanted to do we just were bad at the attacking third it was it was one thing it wasn't the whole thing and when i rewatched the game it turns out that they know more than i do and they were able to figure that game out a little more quickly than i was because the spirit did do very well on the ball they just weren't quite able to to solve chicago chicago came in and played a very defensively focused game very committed after they were coming off of a really, really bad result, they lost three nothing at home to Louisville, and 
that's arguably just as bad as their loss to Portland from week one. So they came back in and it was very much a, let's get the basics right. Let's not let this game open up. If we're going to be defending, we need to be sure we're, we're clogging these certain spaces. Morgan Gatra and Sarah Waldmo, I think both had great games. Uh, Sarah Gordon played quite well. Um, Kayla Sharples got the goal or, I, well, okay. Technically this is going to go down as a Julia Rotter own goal. I personally am not convinced that that's correct. Much I, I think it's unfair, but I also think it's incorrect. I don't think we got a good angle on the replay to, to say conclusively that, uh, that ball was in before Kayla Sharples chased her own rebound down and, and, uh, made sure it was in. I think in a case like that, you have to, you know, we, we don't have goal line technology. The league is behind on a lot of camera sort of things is a, the way I would put it. Anything visual related to the broadcast, I should say, probably could use some improvement. Um, and I think this is one where we don't have good angles to say that she didn't score the goal herself. So I, I, I've put it down in my own notes that will only ever affect me as a Sharples goal. Um, not just because I'm trying to be nice. I just, I genuinely think that that ball didn't go in until she the, smashed it over the line from about an inch out. So in any case, a good performance from Chicago, kind of a, a frustrating one because the spirit did do a lot right, but couldn't quite get the, get that last little, little bit of quality, whether that's Richie Burke mentioned the service from the fullbacks. He said he, he wasn't pleased about that. Um, whether that's them whether that's players up the middle being able to solve Chicago on the dribble. It's one thing that uh, I mentioned in that article as well, was that the spirit had very few successful dribbles, which the way this team has scored goals this year has often been player, a player beat someone on the dribble and then you get a goal later. And that's not a unique spirit thing. That's just soccer. But Chicago did a very good job making sure Ashley Sanchez didn't have time to face up. And they made sure that Trinity Rodman wasn't getting into her stride uh, and chasing anything down. Of course, they only had to face Rodman for about an hour because she went down with uh, very painful back spasms, It is what we were told. I, I happened to be on that side of the field. You know, it was pretty alarming to hear how much pain she was in. I've had back spasms and I can speak to, I kind of wanted to yell just as much. So I get it. And it looked like she had taken a knock earlier in the game. I know some people on the broadcast sent me tweets saying that that they had seen some some uh, a collision that I you know I noticed as well rewatching the game. I don't know, you know, she was holding her lower back coming off at halftime. I don't know that those things were actually related. We can say it seems like they're probably related, but we don't know. All I can say is that we media members get to speak to Richie tomorrow uh, or today when you're probably listening to this. And it will be a question I think all of us are planning on asking is uh, her status. So it didn't sound like after the game, though. It sounded like that uh, the team was not too worried. Back spasms, if they're not a long-term recurring thing, a lot of times, you know, um, therapeutic massage uh, treatment from some specialists, that can usually kind of fix this thing. We'll see. I'm talking... I'm saying that as if I have medical expertise and I want to really strongly say that I don't. So who knows? Uh, it would be great if she's fine. It would be great if all it takes is a little bit of extra work with a uh, a masseuse or 
uh, physical therapist or whatever that is, or whatever it takes. We'll, we'll see what it is. Uh, I'll, I'll find out from Richie tomorrow and I'll put that out into the world for sure. No other injury news of note right now. There's no, I haven't heard anything. So as of right now, it sounds like Rodman really is the one question mark. Uh, we actually hatched for the Chicago game. She, she missed the game against Kansas city. Um, she was in uniform, but she had gone off in that first Chicago game with a collision, uh, a clash of heads. And that was a situation where she started feeling dizzy. The team never, they never came out and said it was a concussion, but they did put her in the concussion protocol, which is kind of, to me, you know, effectively like, well, we think it's a concussion. So maybe it isn't, maybe it's not officially diagnosed, but we're going to treat it as if it is. She did dress in that Kansas city game. She was available off the bench, but she hadn't trained all week uh, because training can exacerbate those concussion symptoms and make things worse or at least prolong the the issue. So uh, she didn't play in that Kansas City game. She came back for the game against Chicago the second time. So she's back. Uh, no signs of it, any issue there at all. I believe uh, Burke even said after the game that uh, she came through the full week of training, no problems, came through the game, no problems. She did take a knock in that second game. Uh, it looked like she was holding her foot uh, for a little while. Unfortunately. It seems like every game Hatch plays in, uh, someone manages to like step on her or kick her in the ankle or something, maybe more so than than most players. I, I don't know if she's just got bad luck or or what it is, but hopefully that's not anything to be concerned about. It would be very good for this team to be at a full bill of health because they are playing the North Carolina Courage uh, this Saturday at Audi Field. The Courage are currently on a roll at the moment. Uh, I believe they are, they've won four straight games. Uh, They're looking for five. They are top of the table, which everyone said is one of those rare occasions where uh, the Paul Riley underdog talk actually does kind of hold up because everyone has been saying that Portland is the presumptive favorite. I said it before the season as well, but here we are with the North Carolina courage sitting at the top of the table on 16 points after eight games one ahead of the Portland Thorns, one ahead of the Orlando Pride, who have played one more game than everyone else. Houston's in fourth on 13 points. Gotham uh, is fifth on 12. The Spirit are also on 12, but the I believe its goal difference is the tiebreaker. Gotham is plus four. The Spirit are at zero. Um, Gotham's also got a game in hand. Uh, they've played one fewer than everyone I've named. So yeah, the Spirit are currently in a playoff position, and the season has gone pretty well. But I bring up the standings here at the end, not just to emphasize how well the Courage have been doing lately, but also to point out the difficulty of playing in this league. The Spirit came into last weekend where if they had beaten Chicago and gotten the right set of results, they could have been in first. And instead, they lost to Chicago. The other results didn't go quite the right way, and now the Spirit are in sixth. So... You know, at the end of the season, the standings will be a little looser than this. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a very difficult league to be in where every week, you know, you have the chance to jump up. You know, if the Spirit win, uh, if they can if they can beat the Courage and get the results they want, they could be tied for second with Orlando and Portland. But if the results don't go the right way, all of a sudden the Spirit could be outside of the playoffs. If Chicago and uh, if Louisville plays tomorrow uh, against Orlando, and then 
Chicago hosts Houston. So if those two teams manage to get wins and the Spirit lose, they will be sitting in eighth. Uh, so this is a this is the NWSL. Uh, it is every you know when the players say every week is uh, a game you could win or lose. Every game is competitive. Every game is tough. They aren't just saying that to say it. It's not just a nice thing to say so you don't give the other team some bulletin board material to be motivated against you for. It's the truth. This is not like the leagues in Europe where there are only a handful of teams that are serious and the rest of the teams are just not at that level. This is, you know, the worst team in the league is still very good, is still able to to cause you a problem. Everyone said uh, Louisville would be no good. They've got 10 points. They've beaten the Spirit. They've beaten Chicago in Chicago. I, I think that says what you need to know. Kansas City almost beat the Spirit, came came so close, they're in last place. So yeah, that is the league. Yeah, this this courage game, obviously everyone knows it's going to be tough because that's what playing North Carolina is like. It never gets easy, but that's kind of the thing every week. You know, it doesn't get too much easier when they play Gotham the week after that. The, that game is back at Segra. It doesn't get easier when they have to go back to Louisville. They have to go back to Chicago. They keep playing Chicago. Um, August 1st, they play Chicago. We're going to be very tired of the Red Stars uh, by the end of that one. Uh, it'll be three games against Chicago in, I think, a six-week span. So that's not the best. Uh, it, it'll be nice when expansion comes in and we don't have this sort of repetition because I don't think it. I don't think anyone really enjoys playing the same team this often in this short of a period of time. But yeah, this is a tough league, and they don't come much tougher than playing the Courage. So this is a huge test for the Spirit to see whether they can really bring that attacking resourcefulness and effectiveness that they've shown at times, if they can bring that in while still being the possession team they want to be, because you know the Courage are going to come press them. You know the Courage are going to try and play a tempo that is 100 miles an hour, and the Spirit don't really want to play 100 miles an hour. We saw this earlier in the year, going all the way back to the start of the Challenge Cup. Spirit started that game well. Uh, Kumi Yokoyama, I think, fourth-minute goal. Spirit ended up losing 3-2. That game started well, but it didn't. It, from there, it kind of went the Courage's way. It became more of a North Carolina kind of game. And so that's the thing I would emphasize for the Spirit, is they need to make sure that this is a Spirit kind of game. Um, and that's that's the you know that's the thing that everyone says against the Courage, because no one plays quite like them. Everyone says, let's make sure this looks more like us than like a Courage kind of game. And most Courage games end up looking like Courage games. Uh, They are played on the Courage's terms, and that is the challenge for the Spirit, to make sure that the terms of this game are Washington Spirit's preferred terms and not having to play this track meet kind of soccer, because that is what the Courage want. That's what they thrive under. That's why they always uh, are a contender. That's why they've won four in a row. So a huge challenge this weekend for the spirit. Hopefully as many of you as can get to the stadium will be at the game with me. I'll be up in the press box, which may or may not be good. Sometimes it's a positive. uh, Sometimes it's a negative, but hopefully this game goes well for the spirit and turns out uh, to be a win. Hopefully they can break this courage uh, winning streak and also maintain a winning streak at home over the courage. Because if you remember the last time they hosted the courage in an official match, it was that two, one win at the Maryland soccer plex, which uh, was actually, if I'm not mistaken, the last win uh, for the spirit at the plex uh, ever. 
I, I don't know that for sure off the top of my head. I might might have my fact wrong here. But um, in any case, it was a, a momentous occasion, a big night for the team. And I think they could use another performance like that. So hopefully we're talking, the next time we're talking, we're talking about a win. I am clearly a little confused at this point, so I should probably end the show, which is what I'm going to do. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, like every other podcast in the world. Uh, this is the time where I have to say, please uh, give a rating and a review. I am to understand that this helps get more the podcast into more people's feeds. I don't know. I'm I'm trusting the bigger podcasts that do this for a living. They seem to think this is counts, so it probably counts for someone as, uh, on the smaller end of things like me. If you want to go to the website and listen to the podcast there, it's plexweather.pinecast.co. There, uh, all the episodes are there. There's a tip jar if you want to financially support the show, especially if I start putting out episodes more regularly. It would be much appreciated. It does absolutely make a difference. Even even a small amount of money goes a long way to supporting this whole whatever this is. And on that note, I think I've said all the stuff. I mentioned it before, but the Plexweather Twitter account is at Plexweather. My personal one, if you want to follow that, is at Jason DC Soccer. You will not just get spirit stuff there. There will be DC United. There will be Kazumiura and J- Japanese Emperor's Cup tweets mixed in with some other stuff. Uh, but if you're willing to deal with that, it's going to be there. And if not, if you just want the Plex Weather stuff, the Plex Weather one, I keep pretty focused. Uh, I, I've, I've done okay at that. But in that case, I think that's all the information that I have to tag on here. So I'm just going to end the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>